Welcome to Copilots, the podcast where we review not just the first episode of a show, but also sometimes we don't even do that. Sometimes we just talk about stuff. And we hang out here in the cockpit and invite you in to enjoy our conversations and drink alcohol with us before we take off on our next flight. Yeah, everyone knows you have to drink alcohol before you can fly. It's literally in the guidelines set forth by the FAA. Did you know California now, you have to like smoke weed before you can take off too? You have to be crossfaded. Yeah, you gotta be crossed. Everyone knows that. Yeah, like California and Washington, you gotta be crossed before you can take Dude, off. Dude, Denmark's been doing that for ages now though. I think Denver's the same way. Not all of Colorado, just, just Denver. Denver. Yeah. yeah. But now we're still here in the Midwest. We're, uh... We only get drunk before we fly. Because weed's still illegal. Yep. But here we are, drinking our drinks and talking our talks. You said you don't have anything right away. Want me to lead? I thought of one thing, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, so... I know the passengers who have been following along with us know that I have a couple goals that I'm working on this year. Yeah. One Piece is one of them. I am through Skypia now. That was the same last time you mentioned it, yeah. I didn't mention it on the podcast last time. Oh. I am through Skypia, but I did tell you I was through Skypia. So you can applaud. You can applaud. I got through the worst arc. I still don't like it. Sorry, friends, who said it was good. But I don't want to go deep into One Piece because... There's a lot there, and also there's a lot of reactions to be had from people. What I do want to go deep into is Doctor Who, another show that I'm trying to catch up on this year. And you've actually been making really good progress on. I'm a season and a half down, and that last season's only six episodes. I have like 12 episodes, and I'm caught up on Doctor Who. Very nice, very nice. How's it been? So, this is what I wanted to talk about, because I finished the Capaldi run, and Capaldi is now my favorite Doctor. Understandable. Capaldi's fucking great. He was pretty much my favorite Doctor already. But his run with Bill and his run with Clara are two of the best companion runs. Yeah. And Bill only gets a season. Like, the fact that Bill does... Yeah, the fact that Bill gets a little is kind of sad. Kind of a discredit to Bill. That said, I'm glad Bill didn't make it to Jody. Not because... Actually, people talk about how the Jody Whitaker seasons are bad. And, like, I initially went in with the skepticism of the internet sucks. Yeah. People talk shit about Captain Marvel because it was a woman superhero movie. So I assume people are talking shit about Jody Whitaker's doctor because... That's a female doctor. Like... Captain Marvel has problems. Uh, Captain Marvel as a movie is fine. Yeah. And, like, I don't have any issues with Brie Larson, so, like... Yeah, like, I, I was saying the movie has issues, like, yeah. every fucking movie does, but, like, none of them are because the main character is a woman. Mm-hmm. Just, like, how the Jodie Whittaker Doctor Who seasons have problems, but none of them is because Jodie Whittaker is a woman. No, I do think some of the problems do, like, hinge on Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, that or the writing. But, honestly, the problems I encounter with the Jodie Whittaker seasons, I finished the first season of Jodie Whittaker... Halfway through the second season of Jodie Whittaker, the problems I've encountered in Jodie Whittaker's Doctors stem mostly from writing. Yeah. Specifically, those first four episodes of the Jodie Whittaker run are just not great writing. They, in a lot of ways, feel like classic Doctor Who. Yeah, we're going back to history and dealing with historical problems, though you can learn things. Like, it feels like more like an educational show than an entertainment show. And instead of having, but it like, feels like it's going heavy on the educational bit. Like, hey, here's this presenter we have to tell you about education, and we're gonna frame it by making it this fun adventure in the past. But I, the host won't have a lot of energy or great lines. I will say, I now know exactly when Rosa Parks refused to stand up on a bus. Yeah. Thank you, Doctor Who. It was December first, nineteen fifty-six. Yeah, I already knew this. See, I knew it was in the winter of like nineteen fifty-five, nineteen fifty-six, in that yeah. ballpark. But like, the exact year escaped me, and the exact day escaped me. But Doctor I actually knew the year and day. I didn't know the fucking bus driver's name or any of that shit. But Doctor Who was like, hey, hey, we're going to say what year it is six times in this episode. 
the biggest thing that that episode did for me was make me go is, is the story of rosa parks that that big in like the uk yeah, me too because like everyone involves like oh rosa parks like did so much great stuff for us and i was just like and they're all brits uh, like um, but but you're all british like i i get civil rights was still an issue for you guys as well in the 1900s but not nearly as bad from my understanding and like i, I don't understand how the bus boycott affected you the really much? crazy thing is in 13 seasons of new who yeah so christopher rickelson onwards we have never really touched on racism yeah as like a we've, historical aspect we've occasionally mentioned been like oh we're not gonna worry about that it's been like hey isn't that a thing yeah but not for us for like, this episode like there was a little bit of it with mickey but like it was mainly like oh yeah that was been, but you'll be okay yeah. and then like with bill and like 18th 19th century london and Bill being like, won't they treat me badly because I am black? And Capaldi being like, in the poor side of London? Nah. In, in the 1840s? If we went somewhere else, yeah. And they go somewhere else briefly. And yeah, there's problems. But like, in like the poor part of London? Nah, congratulations. Like, everyone's fucked here. The Rosa Parks episode felt so contrived. Like, the quote unquote villain of that episode, and it is a villain, mm-hmm. is a man from like the 84th century. He's a neo Nazi white supremacist from the 42nd century. F- from the 84th century. 84th, sorry. He's from so far in the future that Stormgate, that the Stormcage is not. Stormcage exists. So, no, just neo Nazi white supremacist from. But no, no, it's not just that so he's a neo Nazi white supremacist. It's a ne- He's a neo Nazi white supremacist who traces all of his life's problems, his life particularly. Yeah. Because, like, he doesn't ever, like, expout, like, actual neo-Nazi stuff. Yeah. He just talks about how, like, black people are the reason why he killed 2,000 people and, like, why his life is bad. Yeah, he also says that's why everything ended up the way it did. And, like, the way he's saying it also makes it sound like he has problems with society being but, the way it is and he's blaming black people for it. But, like, he's not blaming, like, he, he's traced his problems back 7,000 years and has decided this one moment is when all the problems in his life started. Yeah. I mean, he makes a line that's a little less clear about it being just his problems because he says when you got above your place. Yeah, but like he's talking to one of the his, doctors. His primary motivation in this in this episode is to fix his life. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think like the one I didn't like the episode. I don't think the episode was well written, but I do appreciate actually that it does hit on the fact that a lot of American education doesn't, which is one of the doctor's companions is not black, but they are. I believe she's Indian. She is Pakistani. She's Pakistani. Okay. But she is British born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but she's ethnically Pakistani. Mm. And people don't like her either. They call her uh, Mexican because they're just like, oh, your skin's brown. I'm going to choose the current race I don't like with brown skin. Mm-hmm. But they were also aggressive to her as well, which is not something that American education really hits on when we're talking about the civil rights movement. Yeah. It's always just like, hey, here was the African-American civil rights movement. But so many things during that also affected other minorities, just like how the fucking... Um, handicap accessibility issues and the rights that people fought for there also helped a fuck ton of other things as well yeah like it helped that helped reform a lot of education things as well and like so many of these movements especially in american history that we talk about we boil down to one single group and we don't focus on how it actually affected so much more because of course we don't the key thing here that gets me is this man is like focused on a thing seven thousand years ago as like the reason why yeah his life is fucked up and i'd be like me being like dude it's like the internet meme where someone blames the fish that first walked out of the fucking water it'd be like uh, supposedly you're not wrong like uh, in his brain work uh, and what he's done here ma- in his brain maths he doesn't think he's wrong like it'd be, it's, it's just so far removed from the actual problem it's functionally like me blaming alexander the great for society's woes today i mean yeah like it is dude if he hadn't have died it's it's functionally the same thing 
it's so far back that like the, the connection is tenuous at best. Yeah, you're just hoping on a butterfly effect if you fuck it up. That's all you're hoping on there. Uh, Which but, Doctor Who has gone through multiple times, be like, hey, the butterfly effect doesn't fucking do anything. But also, then sometimes it's like, nope, this one thing does change it. For Doctor some, Who is for some reason, that. that's a thing. Like, so there was a shift in writers and a shift in directors going into Jodie Whittaker seasons as well. Yeah, which is why I'm now I'm now staunchly against the idea that it's Jodie Whittaker's fault. Yeah, because after like fourth after like the fourth episode, she gets a lot better as as a character of the Doctor, and a lot of it does change with her lines because she gets more Doctor esque with the writing. Yeah. Like, not only does she get more Doctor-esque in her writing, she gets more Doctor-esque in her acting because yeah. in the early, in those first four episodes, and it's still a little bit in season one, she doesn't, like, have confidence in, like, when she says stuff. Like, yeah. e- like so it is a characteristic of all the Doctors from Eccleston through To be Capaldi. kind of unsure in their new regeneration. Well, well no, like, from, like, from Eccleston to Capaldi, they all have this characteristic where even if they don't have a plan, they will brazenly and boldly and confidently do whatever they're doing russian yeah sans plan and like they'll be like oh yeah i don't i don't really have a plan but we're doing this i'm the doctor it'll work out jody whittaker is like still rush in but it'll be more like oh i don't have a plan we're probably all gonna die yeah. and like she doesn't have the bravado about it she sounds like she actually believes that there's a good chance that they're all going to die yeah which i don't think is any part really on jody whittaker's acting there i feel like it's with unfirm writing it's hard to figure out how you're supposed to characterize the person mm-hmm. because like literally like the moment we hit the fifth episode she is actually a doctor yeah the and fifth it's episode very clear and it's like which and is the writing's still kind of loose on the fifth episode but it's better than the first four but like uh, the moment you kind of give her something to work with she is embodied in a version of the doctor that works well she steps into her own self as the doctor the fifth episode is demons in the punjab which is centered around the partition of india into pakistan and india yeah which is a huge fucking thing and if you don't know it like it's like like a topic we should honestly talk about more especially in u.s world history mm-hmm. because it is very important especially like even current tensions that we have in the world and we don't talk about it because of course we don't because we mm-hmm. really only talk about the western world and europe-centric and bullshit. if we talk about the middle east which pakistan is considered middle eastern yeah we talk about them as like the bad guys and the things we yeah that have happened to us but which this, is so fucking wrong this so episode it like it's the doctor stepping into who she is it's it's still got like the history lesson vibe but, like yeah but it's some, done better but it's not like beating me over the head i can't tell you what year the partition of india was no because that's not what this is about. This is about the, the... This is a character story set in that time and during that big problem. Whereas the Rosa Parks episode really felt like an educational video about Rosa Parks. Yeah, which... And James it, Blake, the bus driver. Yeah. I'm not even looking at Wikipedia for you know, that. I can't remember I, his name, but you did. Yeah. I zoned out during a lot of that episode. Because it was like, not good. No. But like we've hit other historical moments, even in the newer Doctor Who run, mm-hmm. that are actually educational. But we do that by doing a character-driven story that happens to be taking place around that time or around a certain topic. Because That's history- how you tell a good story there. He's- Especially in fiction-based TV, in science fiction, science fantasy. Humanizing the issue, which is what you're doing when you're doing a character-driven story, does so much more to not only teach you about something from a historical standpoint, but also teach you something on a fucking emotional, ethical, and value-based level as well Mm -hmm. by showing you that, hey, this shit happened, and this is how it fucked up normal people. So, I'm now into season two of Jodie Whittaker's run. Yeah. And honestly, I'm really excited about all the, about all the stories going on in Jodie Whittaker's run. The writing has improved. The like the cohesiveness of the episodes has like went from being strictly episodic, like the yeah. first half of the of, se- of season twelve was season thirteen. Season twelve was Capaldi, and it's really like 
from a viewer perspective, the most excited I've been about watching more Who since, like, the Capaldi run started, like, snowballing yeah. to the end of Clara. Understandable. Like, which, I mean, I guess was just two seasons ago, but, like... Yeah, but then we got a bunch of me, and it kind of got well, me. Well, the end of Clara is also the end of me, so... Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but like, the me-heavy episodes were kind of a drag. Well, also, like, the first half of Bill's Bill as a companion, I was like, I just want Clara back. Like, yeah. Bill was a great companion. It just It's just really sad that she came after... Clara. A, com- a companion as strong as Clara. With as good of a story as Clara's was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so I'm hoping to finish Doctor Who, Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who, in time for the return of Tenet in his three episodes this summer. Understandable. Which is three specials. Yeah. Which features Donna as his companion. Yeah, Donna was a great companion after she got her legs under her as a companion. Which means Donna's going to get her memory back because she... she for, yep. I'm super excited for that. Or it's an alternate version of Donna. Like, we've had alternate versions of Rose. And then, after the three episodes of the 14th Doctor being Tenet, yeah. we will reincarnate into the 15th Doctor. Yeah. It was also in those three episodes at some point. Yeah. Because he meets his future self, which is going to be like, it's A, a taboo of Doctor Who that they've never done before. And I mean, they, they have. No, so they've always, they've had present doctors meet past doctors, but they've never had present doctors meet future doctors. That's never happened. It is a taboo that Doctor Who has never done. True. You're right. Yeah. I was just thinking about the movie and then I was like, well, yeah, no, you're not wrong. It was the present doctor meeting two past doctors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I've got, I've, un- I've started the fugitive doctor arc, mm-hmm. which implies there's doctors from before the first doctor. Yeah. And I'm in the timeless child arc and we have, the, we have the new incarnation of the master who's now called O. Yeah. Like, and what's his name? Fuck. I, I love him. Ugh. Jaunty time space pirate dude. Captain Jack Harkness. Jack Harkness has made his return. The face of Bo. Like, He's back. All of these things are adding up to make spoilers, I guess. And if you haven't watched like the first five seasons of Doctor Who, like all these things are adding up in such a way to make the, the second season of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who run one of my favorite singular seasons of Doctor Who. Understandable. I'm so excited to finish this season and get into it. I'm I'm almost sad that she only got 26 episodes. Yeah, like this is the second shortest run since Eccleston. It does suck, and I wish Eccleston would come back, but he won't. Yeah, Eccleston like, has some problems with the writing staffs and producers and directors. Uh, he, Eccleston like has been very political about it. He's like, no, I did my time. It like I. I made, I brought Doctor Who back, yeah. and like, hey, I, 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 also you're wrong. He's he's come back as the Doctor. Oh yeah, okay, audio so, drama. Yeah, um, I think the like four part audio drama he was in something like that. I don't yeah. remember how many parts so, it was. Sorry about gushing about Doctor Who for I guess probably twenty minutes. It's about yeah. But yeah, I'm, I've been really excited about that and really enjoying Doctor Who. Other than Doctor Who, I restarted Do You Haka Show again. Yeah, and, and you'll be surprised to hear where I stopped binging it again. It's episode fourteen again, and now <laughs> and, and now I know why. Because I I restarted Yu Yu Hakusho about four years ago. Yeah, binged it for a day, got to episode fourteen, stopped. This time I restarted Yu Yu Hakusho, binged it over two nights, got to episode fourteen, and I stopped. You know why? Why? Episode fourteen is when the is when the second Saint Beast fight is. Yeah, the Saint Beasts are not a fun time it, in my it, opinion. It's when Kuabara has his fight with the tiger dude. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's well, bad. It's boring. I don't <laughs> like the Saint Beasts. I might just skip like through the next Saint Beast fight up until like the climax of the Saint Beast arc. I don't like the Saint Beast arc. It's not great. Like, sure, it builds some character, but it is. Is a bad story arc it is i think it, we get the necessary character building from other things it is important in cementing the t like it's the first time Ku- hiei karama yusuke and kubara work together like yeah, so yeah, that yeah. way but it's important just, for like building that give team. them a better mission with a better story and that'd be much much more entertaining so it is important in building the team aspect there i don't know if it's if it's important enough for me to sit through because i've already seen it before 
no, could, it's not. I could probably Don't skip do it. it. Uh, Kubabar doesn't become good until after it anyways. Cool. Like, the weird thing is Kubabar was excellent in the Genkai tournament. He was such yeah, a good character. Yeah, and then character. he just goes back to being a fucking asshole that no one cares about and being a just joke character in the fucking Saint, Beast. Saint Beasts. It's really sad. But yeah, that's... I, I, those just are the skip things it and I've we been, slowly actually get to build him back up into a fun character. Those are the things I've been doing. I would talk about Tears of the Kingdom, but I haven't played it since we last recorded one of these. I haven't really played it much recently either. And I've only played Cyberpunk twice since we last had an interstitial. Yeah, but that actually goes directly mm. to my topic. We both binge watched Cyberpunk Edgerunners. It's not much of a binge watch. It's 10 it's episodes. It's 10 episodes, but we did binge watch it. It is absolutely fantastic. Holy yeah, shit. It's a great anime, even outside of being related to the Cyberpunk brand and world. Trigger, as always, did fucking amazing on the animation. And honestly, Trigger lends themselves to the neo-Cyberpunk aesthetic so well because they always they always love to use bright colors and these crisp animations where it work super fucking well when we're talking about futuristic settings where, hey, we have a lot of neon lights, we have these bright colors because so much of the world is artificial. We can do these bright, poppy, artificial colors and still make it work with the environment we've built here because it, it's just a thing we can do mm, yeah every time i think of trigger i like i know they've done like super iconic work yeah my brain always goes to promare i've not yeah, seen no, that movie no it goes to promare because promare's colors are like peak trigger colors god of high school i would i if i were to continue if i was going to continue watching that anime yeah it'd be strictly because of how good trigger did the visuals but yeah no cyberpunk was amazing uh the what keyed me the most out, out of that show the sound soundtrack yeah. is so good oh the soundtrack's fucking amazing but like honestly like i i can think of triggers i think of triggers so much for their color like, like the one outlier in my head that always exists and even then it uses color really really well it just doesn't use those bright colors because it's much more of a pastel uh like subdued shading yeah is little witch academia but oh. even then we have these bright pops of color when they're doing their magic and stuff that still screams trigger in their animation style screams trigger but it's like the most muted i've seen their palette and it's still such beautiful palette work yeah kill a kill is also kind of dark for them i mean it uses some dark colors but it uses very bright pops of color mm-hmm. the blues and reds that they use so when we were watching Cyberpunk Edge Runners, like a song would come up yeah. and I'd be like, Google, what's that song? And then I would just quietly go and like <laughs> like that song on Spotify. Nice. And by the time we got through the by the time we got through the anime, I just went and found the Cyberpunk soundtrack yeah. and hearted the album. I was like, fuck it, this thing's a banger. He's like, a song would start I'd be like, Oh, this is a bop. Yeah. Hey, Google. <laughs> Also, like, a thing I don't normally find myself liking in shows a lot are fairly large time skips. Mm -hmm. And this show has one about halfway through, but But it doesn't really... It's necessary. Yeah, and it doesn't really clarify how large the time skip is, but it seems to be fairly substantial. Like, between six months and a year. Yeah, maybe two years at most, I would say. But the way it's done works really, really well, which is great. Because, like I said, I don't normally like them. Normally, I find them to be kind of bad. Also, I will say this. David was much more of attractive as a character before he was like before he went full uh full Borg. Yeah, before like, he full Borged it. Like he's just honestly, if he hadn't gone for so much of the Borg like chest enhancement, and especially if he had left off the fucking neck muscles, he still could have been fairly attractive. But the moment he was just like and full Borg, I was like, you got less attractive, my man. Like That's sad. I had seen like things online about like uh, i want to glow up like david and I'm like well you're talking about that is that was not a glow up yeah no, Sorry, like, that's what I'm, I'm at the point where i'm like 
I don't know what anybody was talking about. David did not have a glow up. David become an, became an addict. Yeah, like, I don't think he became unattractive. I think he just wasn't as attractive when he went through his quote unquote glow up. He became an addict. That's what yeah, happened. Yeah, no, like, which works. In and the cyberpunk war, yeah. mods are addictive, yeah. Which is why people end up like, going cyber psychosis. Yeah, because it's addictive to keep. Yeah. Yeah. But I know you said it worked really well with what you've known from the video game. Mm hmm. Uh, included a bunch of things without even like really what? telling us which is like hey here's the thing that is this we don't need a fucking five minute exposition of this one fucking item well it's like my favorite part one of my favorite parts about the cyberpunk anime was its usage of like terminology from the cyberpunk game yeah video game and the rpg and just including it naturally yeah like the should the the show never clarifies the difference between an xbd and a bd yeah like, it doesn't tell you what a bd is I, although they do use the term brain dance at some point but like it never yeah. actually clarifies it what never a brain dance it, is. it never clarifies that a bd is a brain dance which a lot of other shows would be like yeah a bd you know a brain dance well no even more than that it never tells you what a brain dance is yeah like but like it never comes out and directly tells us it like it does tell us through showing and using the art and like some subtle phrasing here and there to like push you in the direction that hey yeah a brain dance is someone's memories that have been downloaded and you can rewatch mm-hmm. and a brain dance can be shortened to a bd well and then an x bd is a graphic bd of some sort whether it be sexual or gore so the thing is x, a brain dance BD. isn't actually a memory that you can just rewatch. yeah specifically a brain you, re- da- you experience it. you live it from the perspective of the person that yeah. and an XBD isn't just necessarily based on like gore or like sexual like it's not it's X-rated content. It's not just X-rated content. Yeah. XBDs also include BDs that have like neural limiters removed, so you can mm-hmm. fill everything that's actually going on. Yeah, because normally a BD they don't it, always, but they do sometimes. Is it normally a BD that is yeah like not always, but yeah. like that, an XBD includes those. Yep. Because normally a BD would in, would have like limiters placed on it if it's produced by a official capacity. Yeah. Like specifically limiters on like pain or like uh, negative emotions or like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just because like the idea is that it's all the good things you want to yeah. experience in there. Yeah. But XBDs and aftermarket BDs don't necessarily have those because they're not they're black market. Yeah. So, but the fact that the anime never actually like tells us about this stuff, key. I, I really yeah. enjoyed that. And it does it several times. You like mods, people will get it'll, like mention its name and they never really explain it. But we, so you might see someone using it, mm-hmm. or you, or it might just mention the name. The name is just kind of enough for you to kind of piece together what it's for. Or if it doesn't, you don't need to know. But it just adds to the world building. Whereas so many other things, like if they introduce something even with just like a term, they would feel the need to explain it. So with a lot of modern live action things in my opinion uh, I couldn't think of any specific one off the top of my head definitely not picturing one right now <laughs> look would just be like oh he's talking, about, this, like, he's talking minute, about the witcher guys yeah. he's here's talking- this three minute explanation of this thing we're not going to talk about it ever again but we needed to make sure you understood this one very specific thing that's not going to come back up and if for specifically the witcher we'll do it two more times just because yeah and then I also liked the inclusion of some of the gangs that exist in Night City I know you were talking about them, and so they're reflected in the game, obviously, but they're also from, like, this group of gangs you could find roaming in that city in the original cyberpunk role-playing game. I will say both the video game and the TV show really cuts down on some of the comedy-like gangs, because my my favorite gang of all time in all of cyberpunk i don't remember the name of the gang which i'm kicking myself for but they're essentially like again cyberpunk takes takes place in alternate future like yeah in in the original role-playing game in the 2020s in the video game and edge runners in 2077 yeah that said in the 2020 version of, of the rpg 
there's a gang who are literally just greasers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who are all like specifically emulating the fawns. There is one gang that I don't think it's, exists in the book, but I know it is a creation of Mike Pondsmith because I was into him running a game once mm-hmm. and I love it. Uh, I don't actually, I don't think he was, when he was running. I think he was talking about a game he ran for his family mm-hmm. or for family and friends, but I loved it. The gang was based on just Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Everyone was Gilligan's Island theme. And like, and so many people just wanted to be the skipper. So you just have like a bunch of people as the skipper walking around, but a lot all of the, they were mostly um, cyber junkies for the most part. Mm-hmm. But when they would go out for whatever the fuck they were doing, he was like, it wouldn't be uncommon to just hear off in the distance, three hour tour. And they'd just be chanting. Like they'd sing through the song and then just start chanting and they would raid or do whatever the fuck they were doing for like a period of three hours and then just disappear. Well, like another one of the gangs from the role playing game that springs to mind that isn't featured in Edge Runners or the yeah. video game is they're, they're called the Dead Presidents or the Presidents. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, they're, again, people who are like getting physical plastic surgery to look like presidents yeah specifically like famous ones like jimmy carter and nixon like i know Clinton, all, i know all carter, presidents nixon, are fa- famous but like generally the ones that had uh scandals around them and you got people running around like shooting up banks and stuff going i'm not a crook yeah because in the more traditional cyberpunk game it's like no here's this like gritty dark world but also here's some dumb shit because you give people the ability to do whatever they're gonna do some dumb fucking shit but like in the anime specifically you're talking about like yeah. how, how i was mentioning the, the, the correlation mm. between edge runners and 2077 there's a game called the maelstrom yep which maelstrom is like they're technically a gang but they're almost like alt-right paramilitary yeah they are really kind of an alt-right paramilitary terrorist group but i love it because maelstrom has this habit of just dicking themselves over so hard by trying to be the biggest like hardest person in the room every time and so they'll like make a deal with you only to like after they get your part of the deal go back and be like yeah you you better leave or we'll shoot you up and then like they don't have the balls to back up the top 90 percent of the time like nelstrom gets their ass kicked so much because they just can't, like... Yeah, and they have that classic thing of because it's, you know, oh, I'm the toughest guy in the room. They have that own strife from issues in their own group. So it'll be like, you know, you made a deal with the last guy who was in charge, but we've gone through, like, two since then because they got in an argument and one of them pulled a gun and shot the other one because that guy said something that guy didn't like and there's no respect for anyone in this organization. It's just whoever has the biggest balls or the biggest gun whenever we meet up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's really funny how... And, like, the anime captures that perfectly yeah like, they really really does i i just it's really good crossovers between yeah it them. also plays the fucking uh clown gang that i can't remember the name of off the top of my head just as the perfect chumps that they are like these are just guys you're gonna run into they wander about they cause some problems they're low level chumps you might run into them but you're just gonna if you're like above level one in the game you're kind of probably just gonna stomp them well, unless like, they're in big numbers also the, t- the tiger claws are in both yeah. and like neither time or tiger claw is gonna be a threat like yeah. they're so like they do have a stranglehold over like like the Asian areas of yeah. Night City, but only because of numbers, not because of like yeah, it's it's a purely a saturation thing, not actual power. They have quantity, definitely not quality. Yeah, Edge Runners was a very good anime. Yeah. It took us a while to get to it, but... Also, you know what I realized that they never explain, but they show so well that they do explain it? Ripper docks. Yeah, Ripper docks. At no it. point did they explain, oh, this is what a Ripper dock is, which, again, so many other things would. It's just like, yeah, take me to the Ripper dock. And we just see parts, and we see him do the surgery, but it's never explained that, oh, yeah, Ripper docks are people who do illegal surgery to add these things to you. Specifically, Ripper docks aren't necessarily illegal. There yeah. are black market Ripper docks and yeah. white market Ripper docks. But generally, if you're talking about just a straight-up Ripper dock, you're generally talking about a black market one. 
Could be either one. At least, like, in the game, at least in the tabletop game. Like, more often than not, you are not, well, because not paying for actual quality doctors. Because as a player or, like, the main character of Edge Runners or, like, a player in the role-playing game, you are a cyberpunk. You're not yeah. just a also, li- person living in... I think in- there's also another term for Ripper Docs that aren't Ripper Docs as well. I don't know. I don't- I'm pretty sure it gets used probably more by like Arasaki and whatnot. I don't know. I've spent some time in 2077 at this point. I know multiple Ripper Docs who are like legit Ripper... Yeah, like- no, like I think it's an accepted term, but I think there's also like a more company correct term because I'm not going to say politically correct. There's, there's also, no there's, politics. There's, there's also the term mod jockey. Yeah. But... Also, I do like the fact they include the neo-futuristic language language that cyberpunk uses by which i mean an evolution of current language infusing slang from different cultures different popular cultures yeah and then creating its own words that are derivative and or uh portmanteaus of current words or phrases yes and and the anime uses them in a way that doesn't feel off yeah like that's another thing that like the expanse does as well I, god i love the expanse exp- like i think the chinese creole yeah, shit. i think the expanses can be a bit harder to understand at points mm, yeah, maybe but like you, but i think that's also the tone Unfair of it's, to the say. tone of it's always there, yeah. though. Like, but I also think that's kind of unfair to say, given the fact that The Expanse has like what four seasons, yeah, and this was ten episodes. Like, I've watched some Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven play, and I've also, read the Cyberpunk books. There are some terms that you just will not know off the top of your head, and will not make sense to you as far as slang goes. Also, to use specifically, The Expanse's hard science and the languages are even built like yeah. based on how like the Creole Chinese hybrid language, how we adapt languages. Yeah, like all of mm-hmm. that is hard science including the linguistics yeah it's hard linguistics it's cyberpunk perfect. is like the furthest from hard science that you can that you can yeah get. it's like well what, because <laughs> the expanse is looking at the natural evolution of language that we've seen when two cultures come together and pays some attention to slang but not too much because they don't have a we have some linguistic studies on slang but not nearly mm-hmm. as much as we do over the natural growth and evolution of wide spoken language whereas cyberpunk is really just like looking at well how does slang come about yeah and then it's also like also looking at other thing that kind of just makes slang what it is which is like well what's a fun term for this and would people use that term like ripper doc definitely would it come up like doesn't really come across from anything else mm-hmm. yeah they, they rip things out of your body and their doctor but like that's not something we would normally portman to together i think mm-hmm. but it is kind of a fun phrase to say yeah so people are gonna fucking use it that's kind of how slang works things like okay were popular people using it or is it a fun slash funny phrase to use speaking of language though i'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to doctor who real fast yeah because one of the most recent episodes of doctor who i watched which is the doctor who episode that introduces the fugitive doctor i had the tv show i had the episode running in the living room yeah. i got up to go like grab something from my bedroom and i heard a language that i that i instantly recognized yeah even though they haven't been in doctor who in ages the last time they were in doctor who was when what's her name companion before amy and rory the doctor well doctor Doctor in Training. I know who you're talking about. Martha. 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 Her name was Martha. Yeah. yeah. And it's the, it's the Jadoon. Oh. But like, as soon as I heard a Jadoon speak, I instantly knew it was Jadoon. Yeah. Like, I haven't heard I haven't heard Jadoon, Jadoonese or whatever it's called, whatever the language is, yeah. in like two or three years in real life. But as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh. That's Jadoon. We're dealing with Jadoon. I 100% know Jadoon is probably not a functional language. Yeah, but it has a functional sound and shape to it that it gets the point across. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah. oh, we're dealing with Jadoon. Beautiful. <laughs> no, like, I love when shows or even books go through the effort of actually, like, building a language. Even if it's not done with a great eye at linguistics. But, like, 
one of my favorite things about Star Trek, and I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, I, I do enjoy it, mm-hmm. but one of my favorite things is the fact that Klingon is just a language, and yes, I am aware a lot of that was fleshed out by fans, but the fact that, one, then the show was just like, yeah, sure, fuck it, we'll embrace all of that. Yeah. But the fact that it has a structural language, and it has a consistent, like, mouth shape and glottal sound approach to it, that it all feels like it fits the same, yeah. is nice. Like, the only issue I would have there is, like, as we continue with Star Trek, we don't see, like, any that I can think of, like, changes or cultural like diffusion across like we don't see any softening of some words and stuff which we would probably see as we continue on and on and on because we see that in our language here that we speak on earth obviously where we adapt some sounds or some certain language whether it's about certain technologies certain businesses or certain practices tend to take on more of a shape uh, in sound and pronunciation so t- I, from other cultures i think culturally that makes sense with klingon culture though like yeah no because the culture is super rigid like i would understand them like being very pushed against it and like refusing it actively yeah so like i understand that but that doesn't mean that the same wouldn't be true in reverse to yeah okay that's true um the standard basic language that would be english but i'm not sure if they call it english anymore in star trek it's universal basic i don't believe so sorry galactic basic my bad yeah no it's galactic basic no that's star wars bud wrong language (laughs) they're the same show i mean you're not gonna hear me disagree uh look i i know so little about star trek that it's ridiculous my star trek knowledge is very various body do you most of my star trek knowledge comes from like the two or three minutes when star trek would overrun its time slot <laughs> and enter into attack of the show and i'd be sitting there being like come on most, mine, of, show, most of mine comes from tng like and some like older tos i've probably watched two or three episodes worth of star trek but it's all been the last three minutes of episodes <laughs> You know, I've watched quite a bit of TNG, but it's been a while. And then I would watch TOS. I've not even seen the new Star Trek movies. I wasn't a huge fan of them, so I didn't watch them. Like, even though they have actors and stuff that I like in them, I've not even touched them. I have... My amount of Star Trek knowledge is zip. I'm aware. Which is why it's fucking hilarious that I hate Star Wars. Yeah. Um, Do do you have anything else you want to talk about? Because that conversation about Cyberpunk got really far to a different topic that I was not aware we were going to be talking about. You mean languages? Yeah. I don't know. Also, I don't hate Star Wars. I just... Yeah, Star Wars I I hate Star Wars. Yeah, I don't hate Star Wars. Star Wars, but it's dumb and I don't like it. You, in order to appreciate and enjoy Star Wars, you kind of have to hate Star Wars. Yeah, it's a hill I will die on. I would agree with you, though. Also, the Trade Federation did nothing wrong. The Trade Federation was in the right. They agreed to those terms. You can't just change the terms. There's a reason why you shouldn't elect a preteen to be the fucking leader of your planet. She's Get not even fucked, the, Naboo. She's not even the youngest queen they've. I am had. aware. That's why I said preteen. Because Amadala's not a preteen when she's voted in. They, they, they've literally elected children to office. I'm aware. It's... Yeah, get fucked, Naboo. You probably shouldn't let your entire fucking planet be led by children. It's such a weird political system. Mm-hmm. I don't know how... Like, Honestly, I, it's a political system rife with the opportunity for corruption. They're taking a child, elevating them to a planetary position of power... And then surround them with adults that probably have plans of their own. Adults that they don't seem to be the ones naturally appointing. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's very problematic when we pull back to look at it. Well, like, even, like, how does a planet that is that advanced maintain that political structure through its history without, like, making that a, dec- like, a ceremonial role? How it does- has to be almost ceremonial, but we know it's not because Am- Amadala has actual power over it, it seems. Yeah. But, like... 
Like it would have made like I would totally buy an elected twelve year old queen or fourteen year old queen being ceremonial being like a ceremonial position and like she does all the like parades and like yeah it's like hey look this represents the innocence of our planet or like the hope we look forward to carrying on. But, like, the actual government is ran by all of this. She just does the, like, but no, she's legitimately the leader of an entire planet. Yeah. God. I'm sorry I went off on that Star Wars tangent. No, you're fine, man. Like, I know, like, it's it's weird that that's the conclusion I reached when we went to review episode one and two. Like it's just stuck in my brain ever since. Well, because, it's not like, wrong, but also we neither of us had seen episode one or two in years. I hadn't seen episode two in over a decade. Yeah, I don't think I'd seen it in like a decade. Is I'd seen episode not, not two, two twice ever. Not two. I'd seen two more recently because two once. is my favorite of the prequels. But I hadn't seen episode one in like a decade. Yeah. I'd seen the Darth Maul and the Duel of Fates because like yeah, Duel of Fates is, is honestly Obi- one of the best moments Obi- in all of Star yeah. Wars. Like I would watch it strictly because finding good audio for the Duel of Fates was pretty hard for a while. So I'm, I would just watch the fight so I can listen to the music. I also had, I don't think I, like, I had ever consciously realized why Duel of Fates is called Duel of Fates. Yeah. But Duel of Fates is called Duel of Fates specifically because the outcome determines which side of the force Anakin yeah. walks walks down. And like I never really thought of it as more than like a cool title for the scene and like a cool, like, like that's why it's called that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little obvious, but mm-hmm. like. You know the band Ghost? Well, we're talking about obvious things. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm aware of Ghost BC. Yeah. So their first album is called Opus Eponymous. Yeah. And obviously Opus is like Latin for great work. Yeah. We, we all know. Well, Opus is Latin for work. Yeah. We, we mostly know that in like the usage of magnum opus, meaning mm. great work. Yeah. Defining work, great work. Yeah. And we all know eponymous is like in reference to oneself. Yeah. Like the eponymous character of the film this is just another way of saying the title character yep so opus eponymous ghost's first album is is literally translated to the work in reference to itself yeah it's the self-titled it clicked with me about a month ago and i spent like i spent like i was almost literally punching myself in the side of the head because i was like I'm so stupid. How did I not realize that? I know how I didn't realize that. You don't know fucking Latin off the top of your head? Well, it's not only that, but like, by the time I was a a ghost fan, Meloria had come out. Yeah. And when talking about ghost, almost nobody in the fandom community at the time, and I think still even now, uses the full album name when they're talking about it. They just call it Opus. Yeah. And like, I never stopped to be like, oh yeah, Opus Eponymous. Yeah, no. But I do love the fact that it's just self-titled. That's effectively all it is. It's just self-titled in Latin. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's it's hilarious. It's honestly hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm out of topics, honestly, and I'm out of this batonga, so. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that's a fairly good episode. You got some language. You got some Doctor Who. You got some cyberpunk, but that feels like it came second to the language conversation, which was weird. <laughs> that wasn't my topic, but apparently that's what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, I mean. He, then we got a mention of Ghost that also just went back to language. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to talk about their their they're they're latin yeah so enjoy this i i hope you enjoyed this conversation about linguistics from no one to be, that actually knows about linguistics to be fair i did spend two years at a university studying english yeah but not not, and, not linguistics as an, as an overall and part of that was studying like linguistics of english yeah, english linguistics but i mean we were talking about cultural linguistics and linguistic change and evolution yeah which is not something you really know within english linguistics no, it's just, like, a topic of interest. Yeah, like, I think it's neat. But, yeah, that's all we have to really say about that. So, if you want to use your linguistic skills to message us, email us, complain to us, tell us what we got along about linguistics, you can do so by finding us on Twitter, at Review. 
we might end up on Threads, and if we do, it will be at Copilot's Review. Yeah. We're not there yet because currently Threads requires an Instagram account, and Copilot's Review does not have an Instagram account. And then if we did create an Instagram account for Copilot's Review, the only way to close the Threads account is to also delete the Instagram, and like that seems. Also, let's face it, Facebook's not really much better. Yeah, and also like I mean, Meta. If sorry. You, if you get banned on Instagram, it bans your Threads. If you get banned yeah. on Threads, it bans your Insta, and like <laughs> and like we would be on Blue Sky, but it's invite only, and no one would invite us we're not famous enough yeah we're important enough or tweet out regularly enough yeah uh but copilot's review on threads when it when we get there maybe and at twitter and on hive and on mastodon if we ever set that up i don't know if it's ats on mastodon i think it'd be copilot's review.social is how that works i don't fucking know man <laughs> the only good thing i know about threads so far is that like supposedly they're going to include future integration of things like being able to interact with mastodon through it the thing I know most about Threads... Which, you know, makes sense because that's the thing that the internet was looking at doing before Twitter really got around. Like, hey, we have all these different social sites and the only thing separating it is the dot link. So we could just make them all integrate. Really just like the same way people use websites or at emails mm-hmm. to interact with other at emails. So like the only thing I know about... The, like the thing I know most about Threads right now, and this is derailing our sign off, but in Threads there is a, there's a menu, there's a setting. Okay. And it... It has an option if you want threads to show you potentially racist content oh. or if you want them to like slightly moderate that for you. Or if they, I appreciate the toggle option. Or if you would just want them to turn that off. Yeah, the toggle option is nice, but like the question is why can't they just ban it if they have a... Right, like if, like, if they oh, already no, this have... Is, this is racist. Yeah, if they, if they be... already have a thing that's like, hey, yeah, this yeah. is racist. Why don't... Free speech, Josh. Free speech. I, free speech absolutism is stupid. Yeah. Like, there Especially is some Especially when you're speech... applying it to private entities, such as companies. There is some speech that should be censored, and saying, I hate X, mm-hmm. not X person here, or I hate X type of people here, should probably be censored unless it's, I hate cops, or I hate billionaires. Or I hate neo-Nazis. Those, or I hate Nazis. Those those sentences or I hate racists should not be should not be censored. But yep. When you say I hate specific race of person, I hate specific religion, I hate I hate specific religious group of people, not religion. You can hate a religion all you want. Yeah. Or I hate specific people of this identifying group. Yeah, those things should just be like. Yeah, but you can also email us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. and you can find links to all of that at copilotsreview.simplecast.com, which also has links to our Discord and YouTube, but not our Hive. Yeah. Um, but anyways, thanks for listening. Catch us on our next flight. It's going to be a really special flight. It's going to be fantastic. I, I can't wait.